you have been cordially invited to the Eternal Slumber Party. you about shoot it's like i'm gonna save this for the podcast and now i can't wow that backfired on you it really did it's almost like we should write things down and not just think we're gonna remember them yeah no that's uh just at me next time (laughs) dear listeners i'll let you in on a little piece of lore um i am (laughs) the one who manages our calendar to see like when we are supposed to record and when we need to schedule things and i have I need to update this. It's been two weeks. I need to update this calendar that we have for our our post-holiday stuff. And I keep not doing it because I keep forgetting what I need to change things to. And I keep saying, oh, I'm just going to go get a new notebook and write things down because I like to write things physically out. My notes app currently is a disaster zone. And then I keep not doing it. And so I was trying to do it before we recorded today. And I'm like, I don't remember any of what I'm supposed to do. So that's that on that. That is that on that. And it's fine because we both do it and we're human and it's okay. How are you doing? What's going on? I was actually just thinking about this the other day. I've been talking about this. Genuinely, I know that I've been tired. I know that I've been like a little burnt out. Yeah. I'm having the best fucking time of my life. I'm so like glad. I'm I'm genuinely so happy and like things have just been so good and I'm just I'm just really happy. Been having a great time. I'm and really that, happy that you're in a good place. Thanks. I am too. It feels it feels really nice. The clips are going like, to give it away that we're recording on a different time frame when we uh <sighs> do little reels for this. Yeah. We oh, who are... cares? It's just weird. Usually my background's a different color. And now it's like light and I, I don't know it's weird be like me be in a dungeon actually don't i hate this that's one of the things that i'm looking forward to the most with moving is not having my desk be in the fucking basement anymore i can't have my setup anywhere else because my computer's up in my office and my office has a window so i just i cannot wait for it i'm gonna have the cutest little space it's gonna be amazing I'm going to have the best time decorating my house. I love that for you. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. I had brunch today Mm -hmm. and I got pumpkin spice pancakes and they were delicious. (gasps) And I have leftovers. So I like to throw my leftover breakfast food, like my French toast, pancakes, what have you, in the freezer. Then I just make it for next Saturday when I'm like dead to the world because I stay up too late. I just do a little little treat. There you go. I mean, I stayed up too late last night too and got lucky that we got an extra hour last night. <laughs> <laughs> I always wake up so early when that happens, like when we have a daylight savings though. And I hate it. Yeah, that's kind of the whole thing. Whatever. Well, we don't have it anymore. It's gone. Forever, that was the last one. 
it was it for sure confirmed that that's the last one uh that's what i was seeing online everywhere i didn't know for sure if it got passed but okay um, i'm pretty sure it got passed oh i just want to say i looked this up from last week this is a mistake i made it's nev campbell it's nev campbell it's nev campbell i think i said nev you did you yeah. were right i was wrong oh that's the other thing i did my nails oh look at I my look at my little children <laughs> i love it my nails are, they're really gross i don't know why my nails are so dirty they are disgusting i need another manicure i miss going to get my nails done i do them myself and i do enjoy that you know what i miss more is pedicures i want to get a pedicure so bad i'll do a pedicure with you oh i'd love that that'd be so nice that'd be so relaxing we should get pedicures the place by my house is really good i like it a lot oh we should do that i would absolutely love that can we do that after i move yeah get rid of the old year start the new year with a pedicure start the new year on fresh feet yes <laughs> should we jump into it should we talk about this fascinating movie, movie. <laughs> no actually i don't want to let's talk about literally anything else <laughs> okay so i want to give a little bit of history so we are going to be talking about interview with a vampire the 1994 movie starring brad pitt and tom hanks right? tom cruise tom cruise i knew i was getting it wrong yeah. it was directed by neil jordan based off of the book by anne rice and I just want to say, this is the description of Anne Rice that I looked this up. She's described as an American author of gothic fiction, erotic literature, and Christian literature. Which to me is just like, you go girl, you know who you are. <laughs> I love that for her. A lot of people said to read the book. The book is supposed to be yes. amazing. It's on my list actually. And not just like a book. There's like 10 books. I don't know if you know the movie Queen of the Damned. Nope. Okay, so that's another movie that we should actually add to our list. It's very in this genre. It's one of the sequels to Interview with a Vampire. Fascinating. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I and I put the books on my to-be-read list. I really want to read them. I also want to say there was a TV series that came out in 2022, also called Interview with a Vampire. And a second season was announced this year for it. Is it based off of the same source material? Yes. Ooh. Same source material, same characters, I believe. It's the same story, just a TV show. I will From give it a I shot. From what I could tell. I'll give it a shot. I hated this movie. <laughs> this will come up many, many times. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. How seriously did you take this movie? Not at all. You Okay, you did not I take it seriously in, at all. I went in saying, I think this is going to be a silly, goofy movie. The only, I am okay. the one who put this on our list, by the way dear listeners i am the one who said that we really? should yeah and the oh, reason okay. i said i wanted to watch this and maybe i didn't tell you this is because in the tv show what they what we do in the shadows guillermo loves this movie and i was yes. like i really want to see this because i really want us to watch the movie what we do like what they do in the shadows and like because we just don't have the time for a tv another tv show but i really wanted to watch this because i really like what we do in the shadows love it so much wanted to watch it so i could understand the references if any were being made from guillermo and i regret it which 
I think that there are references to this movie in the TV show. I think there are, which is why I wanted to watch it. Also, the scene in What We Do in the Shadows, I think this is in season one, where they have the whole council and their mm-hmm. meeting talking about who killed the vampire. Antonio Banderas, I'm pretty sure, is in that scene. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Which I just fucking love. <laughs> love. No, it's so great. So in the, in the opposite of you, I fucking love this movie because it's so overly dramatic like if you take this in the context of this is a bunch of white men complaining that their lives are so hard when they don't have anything actually to complain about it's so fucking funny it's so fucking funny to me so here here's the synopsis off of imdb okay a vampire tells his epic life story love betrayal loneliness and hunger now Let's jump in. Let's just get into Mm. it. Can I tell you one more thing, actually? Go for it. This movie is dedicated to River Phoenix because he was supposed to play the interviewer. And he passed away four weeks before this started filming. And the guy who ended up playing the interviewer donated his entire salary to two of River's favorite charities. Aw, that's precious. That is so sweet. I I just want to say that, like, I saw that because I saw at the end it was dedicated to River Phoenix. And I was like, why is it dedicated to River Phoenix? Like, he's not even in this. And it was because he was supposed to be that character and passed away right before. So that's it's very nice that uh, Christian Slater did that. So. So the movie starts off. We zoom in on San Francisco. It's yeah. the 90s. It's a busy San Francisco street in the 90s. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, man, this, I love these kind of zoom-in shots showing me the city. This is great. I'm having so much fun. This was overlaid with the most dramatic operatic music. So imagine yeah. 90s San Francisco busy street operatic music. That's what we're starting off with. We used to be a proper country. That's how we used to introduce movies. <laughs> We have strained so we have left God's light with how we open up movies. I loved it. We started off highest of highs. I was actually wondering if while you were watching this, if you were homesick for California, like if you missed the Bay Area. I kind of I because here's the thing is I didn't even know for sure that it was San Francisco, but I saw that opening shot and I was like, that's San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) Like I saw that and I was like, I know that city. I know that because like that corner, the type of building that they're in, that's like that corner building. Mm -hmm. Super, super common in the Bay Area. And I saw that and I was like, I don't know where that's at. I know that city. I know that skyline. (laughs) Then even higher highs for me, we see Christian Slater. I love Christian Slater. I am a JD apologist. Oh my God. I was so excited. I was living my best life and I would say it's then at that moment after we see Christian Slater for the first time it starts going downhill for me really yeah okay we'll see my second my second note is it it starts off it feels so gay this movie oh, it's I make plenty of so gay <laughs> this movie is so gay in the best way 
Also, Brad Pitt's ponytail. Oh, God, that ponytail. Ah! <laughs> I love it. Uh. I, I, okay, I will say, I did enjoy Brad Pitt's character at the very beginning before I knew what I was in for. Like, he's just so sarcastic and kind of a troll. And, like, I felt the way he was like, oh, I'm a vampire, is the exact same way um, when I was telling you about Alfred Packer. I was like, oh, he ate them. Like, same cadence, same line delivery so it's like oh brad pitt that's so fun that he and i have the same vampire brad pitt me and him same idea for how to deliver these batshit crazy lines love it this is so funny oh and then we see his face and what mm-hmm. are those goddamn contacts those that honestly that was the moment i was like oh i'm in for a ride this is i'm either gonna love this movie or i'm gonna hate it let's see what happens <laughs> so it starts off he starts talking about his life. And did you know what, where his life started? Because uh, Louisiana? Oh, how old he was? 24? No, not that. He, so he's 24 years old in Louisiana. And what is he doing in Louisiana? He's the master of a plantation. Oh, yeah. I make a lot of notes on that. When he's first just like wandering around, though, being like all whining, like, I wanted to kill myself. I'm like, there are easier ways Oh my god, Dude. that was the moment. What did I say? He is the exact amount of dramatic thoughts of a rich white man who's never had to worry about anything. And it shows. Yeah. I'm like, homie, you don't have to just go gamble and cheat and like hope that someone pops you. Buddy, there are easier ways. You had one minor inconvenience in your life and you want to like end it all. Like, I will say his wife dying in childbirth, maybe a little bit more than a minor inconvenience. To some. Okay, but in those days, come on. I'm just saying. No, I, um, you're right. You're right. It is. It is heartbreaking, and it is he really lo- hard he loses to deal the love with. of his life and his child. And I'm like, you know what? That that really sucks. Go do some opium about it and get back to me, dude. Like, I know what time you're living in. <laughs> I I don't care that much actually about. I'm assuming you're also racist wife and you're also racist baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, elephant in the fucking room, he's a slave owner. He's a slave. He is a slave owner. Um, That's not great. We can cover that. it mildly. Here, I'm going to put a pin in that. We'll we'll circle back to it because I really want to talk about it in in a specific part of the movie, Mm -hmm. which I think is where I said, never mind, actually, I'm good. (laughs) Because I want to talk about how Tom Cruise looks exactly how I imagine Carlisle from Twilight looks. Thank you. Oh my that God. Was Carlisle. That this, this motherfucker looks like Joseph Smith. He's no, now like, here's the thing. Here's what the is thing. with the blonde vampire? Here's the fucking thing. Stephanie Meyer took a page out of the Duffer's book and she Truly. watched this. And this is the, like, watching this movie, I was like, Stephanie, girl, you have to change a few things if you're going to copy. Seriously, like, this is just Carlisle. She really went to the Duffer School of Copycat. <laughs> the Copycat Duffer School. And it's... It was this. I... It's so good. It's bad. Uh, but this is definitely the gayest moment. Well, the first gayest no, moment. This is the first gay moment. There yeah, this are is the first gay so moment. So many gay moments. So just parading around the bed with the canopy. Like, terrible. Oh. Before that, before that, so he's about to get blown by this sex worker, and then someone comes up 
and is like, give me all your money. And then those two people die. And all of a sudden, Louis, that's the main character's name. <laughs> Louis, Louis is being lifted into the air up above the ships with Lestat biting his neck and boy is it sensual boy is that like a mm, 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 moment (laughs) and but like why are they flying why are they flying why are they flying it's so funny the homoerotic volleyball scene that tom cruise did in top gun walked so that this scene could run. (laughs) Tom Cruise is a mastermind when it comes to the most homoerotic scenes that don't need to be homoerotic. He comes in and says, I will find a way. No, it needed to be. It needed to be. Honestly, it's the, the absolute absurd homoerotic scenes that sometimes just come in out of left field is the only thing that made this movie watchable for me. It's so funny. (laughs) It's pretty funny. So I also just want to say the gay symbolism in all of this, like on on top of it being very clear that these are a bunch of like gay vampires, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of symbolism in this. It feels like. Oh, for sure. So, first critique is, so Lestat comes by and he's like, you're sick because I fed on you. I can make you one of me. I'll give you the choice. And they go into the woods. He sees his last sunrise ever. He's so dramatic. And then the thing is, is in order to make a vampire, you have to be drained almost to the point of death. And then you have to drink that vampire's blood. And then your mortal body dies and you become a vampire. Yes. So we see two different vampires be made in this movie fully. This is the first time we see Louis be made. And it, why did the blood around his mouth disappear? First of all, like he wasn't injured. Why did the blood around his mouth disappear? Like he cleaned it so they could make out later. And it's not like, you know, you don't you, think vampires your make mouth. out with blood around their mouth? Like, come on. You, when you're done eating and you have food on your face, you wipe it off before you make out with someone. That is just polite. I feel like blood's different. It's their food. I feel like you it's wipe different. it off. I feel like it's different. Were you raised in a vampire barn? Maybe. <laughs> you don't know what happens in South Dakota. What happens in South Dakota stays in South Dakota. Side, can I go on a major side tangent? Yeah, like you edit. I don't care. This is your fault if this episode is long. So, this I'm not going to name names because. <laughs> so, I met two people at a Christian sleepaway camp in the Colorado mountains one year. And we became friends. And these two people, later on in life, like a few years later, like one or two years later after this, it was like high school, told me that they were actually a vampire and a werewolf. 
and that they would break into jails to feed and that they would actually turn into like these werewolves and things like that. And I was like, wow, that's great. You know, you uh -huh. cool. You believe this. And then I very briefly dated a guy in high school who also was convinced that he was a werewolf and would show me like the tracks and was like, I can't remember things. And I think I turned into a werewolf tonight and blah, blah, blah. And the only reason that I was okay. like, maybe this is real is because these two people from Colorado who didn't know this one person from South Dakota both believed the same things. And I was like, there's gotta be some internet forum somewhere where these people are like meeting and believing this because otherwise this shit's real and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I think about this to this day. To this day, I think about the fact that the, your, like this was the weirdest. Empire. It's my Roman Empire because I'm like, were they actually vampires and werewolves? Were they? I don't know. My favorite part of that story is how they break into the jail to feed. I know. <laughs> I think that's my favorite. That is such a I, good workaround. Like I you're know. gonna feed on bad people, and like no one really cares about. Like you know, it's all right there. It's all contained. Yeah. So I like that. Anyways, back on topic, I did say there has to be an easier way to turn into a vampire than all of these dramatics. I feel like these two were really hamming it up. For who? There's no audience there. So that's guys. the thing about this movie is the drama is cranked up to 11 and it stays at 11. Yeah. These men are one step away from swooning at every moment. And I love it. I love these dramatic gay vampires. It's just so funny to me. Like, they had to decide to make this homoerotic. These had to be thought-out choices. This cannot be pure coincidence. Just well, I how... I think the book is. Okay. Yeah, again, I've never read the book. So I have to take it. Like, they must be queer as hell in that book oh Although watch as we read it and we're like disappointed <laughs> we'll see we'll see also we find out that Lestat can read thoughts this only comes up yeah at this one moment where he's like read her thoughts and he's like I can't and that was the moment in which I was like Stephanie Steffi Steph, Steph. but Carlisle can't read thoughts only Edward can read thoughts yeah but he was literally saying oh all vampires have their own special gift yeah which I was like that's true too. This movie. Stephanie. This, Stephanie. Oh, my favorite part. I think we kind of briefly. I really like it. He's like, now look with your vampire eyes. All I could think of was the now look, look with your special eyes. My brand. That. <laughs> you was, know what I thought of? I had to pause the movie. I was laughing so hard at my own joke alone you in know, my house. You know what I thought of? What? Say it out loud. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Jail. I'm crying. Oh my God. Oh my God. So, a little bit more of a synopsis. They start feeding on people around the town, the colony. Yeah. So Louis has decided that he is not going to feed on human beings. He's only going to feed on animals. Yes. They do, I think at this point, flash back to present day 1994, 
Christian Slater is such a better person than I am because I would have walked out of that room like this man is insane. Goodbye. <laughs> he needed a good story. I okay. My favorite line is I quite like looking at crucifixes. What does that mean? You like looking at crucifixes. What does that fucking mean? Margo. It means that he's a Christian man and he's a gay man. I don't know. Like. Okay. What? <laughs> what gay man just looks at crucifixes like, ah, yes. That crucifix. Nice. Like, I get it if it has, like, the little naked Jesus. Maybe if it's one that's shaped like a penis. Yeah. I guess, but, like. <laughs> Anyways. Then we also um, find out, like, that coffins are a necessity. You do so have to sleep in a coffin. You do have to sleep in a coffin. They can't go in the sunlight. They have reflections, though. Um. So I did see something about unrelated to this movie where mirrors are no longer made with silver, and it's, like, silver that's supposed to ward off the vampires. So vampires now should be able to look in a mirror because we no longer use silver to make mirrors. Well, the whole idea was that if they even do look in a mirror, like if they look in anything reflective, they don't see themselves. Yeah, but I don't know why. that's one of the reasons why I want to do more on like the history of vampires, because it like truly where they came from. Yeah, because I really hung up on the coffin thing. Like, why do you have to sleep in a coffin? That's my dude? so funny to me. That's so like, I'm sorry. You don't have to stay away from crucifixes. You don't have any of these issues. But you have to sleep in a fucking wood box instead of the why did they why did all of the houses have beds and then they just slept in the coffin in front of the beds like there is something utterly ridiculous we're gonna like go forward in time for just a second there was something so outrageous to me so camp when nine-year-old Kristen dunst is laying in the coffin and then like moves the lid off of her to like wake up in the morning. I about keeled over in tears. What is happening? This, this movie, movie really does not make sense. This movie went so far off the rails. It found a different track. Like it really did. So the thing that we then see next is that the slaves in the area actually i heard somewhere we're supposed to say enslaved people instead of slaves have you heard that um i have i think it's one of those things where some people like the language some people don't okay like something about um because there's also like this whole people first language and it depends on the person is what i see Okay. most of the time like which That's language fair. they prefer um we can say enslaved people okay let's do that so we see this ritual being performed by these people around a bonfire there's a black rooster there's dancing there's chanting there's like i'm assuming ceremonial what I saw in that scene is I was like, I want to know how accurate this is and if this is actually something that is like of African descent, they believe that this is going to ward off vampires or if this is a white person's interpretation of what they think would be happening. Yeah, because this is taking place in Louisiana. So it is it the colony that becomes New Orleans. Okay. 
So it's a colony that becomes New Orleans. So it wouldn't be too far-fetched for me to believe that it's supposed to be voodoo if it is not true voodoo. I think at that point, voodoo hadn't been quite created yet. I think it was much more African-based. But I could be incorrect. Little side tangent. Do you remember like when you would watch a Disney Channel original movie and it would like be a special edition where it would have the facts pop up, like fun facts and behind the scenes? Yes. That is what I want with all movies. I would just like little fun facts to pop up while I'm watching movies. We're the fun facts. Yeah, but I need them while I'm watching so that I can tell you about the fun fact. Because I would really like to know like more of the history of voodoo now. Literally, I would talk about anything besides this movie. If- Add that to the list. I want to do the history of voodoo. Okay. So basically, this is what's happening. We have this ritual, which may or may not be accurate. I'm going to hope it is. I'm going to assume probably not. And probably not. Lestat is upset. I He's upset that Louis won't drink human blood. Is this, this is the part where he has the delicious little Capri Sun rat, right? So this is after, so he has the rat. And then he goes he and holds eats the all glass the, super weird. He, yeah. And then he, he eats all the doves. And they're, like, freaking out because all the doves are dead. Yes. Yes, that's right. Because I was... This is the part where I was... I was so hung up on one thing. And it's, why is this slave owner so distraught over human life? He owns a ton of slaves. He has a lot of enslaved people. Well, that's kind of the part of it, though, is they did not view enslaved people as people. Yeah, Guess what? I think enslaved people are people. So me watching this movie, I was like, this is ridiculous. I was getting so annoyed. Like, I'm sorry, you're having a whole crisis on killing people right now? Louis? Fucking Louis, you're all upset. Joseph Smith over here is like selling you on some MLM. You're mad because you're not making money and you don't have any special vampire powers. And you're upset that you might have to kill someone who's arguably a bad person another rich white lady but god forbid you let your enslaved people go well so he does technically Uh, yeah he does but not until after he's like having this huge temper tantrum so basically he and lestat get into an argument because lestat is like you need to drink humans and he's like i refuse lestat is crazy lestat is actually insane at this point He's already been alive for 200 years. I'm sure you could. I don't want to try. So he goes out. He runs away. Louis has a conversation with his maid. And she's like, we're worried about you. And he's like, I'm worried about me too. And then he drinks her blood. He's so hungry. He drinks her blood. He kills her. The enslaved people are outside after seeing Lestat ready to burn the house down. Because Lestat jumped over the fire. They're like, time to burn the house down. So they go up to the front door of this plantation and they open it to Louis carrying this woman out. And he's like, get away from here. You guys are all free. Your owner was the devil. He takes their torches, sets his own house on fire, which I'm just thinking that scene must have been wild to shoot. Because this is the 90s. That's fire. Yeah. He's running around in fire rooms. 
Yeah, because Tom Cruise likes to do his own stunts, so he's that was Brad Pitt. Yeah, but like if he's jumping over fire, Tom Cruise is jumping over fire. Then I have to imagine Brad Pitt is also like, I don't want to be the loser on set who's not fucking around with fire. <laughs> well, and then Tom Cruise breaks in through the window into the burning building and is like, you burned everything we own, which I'm like, we? Everything we own? Yeah. Lestat? Excuse? So, yeah. Also, then we have this shot that I absolutely hate of these enslaved people dancing and cheering outside of the plantation. It felt really weird. It felt like, very it, weird because, like, we have to assume there are other people in that house, right? Like, it's hard I don't to know. say it what, felt... what happened. But, like, it's a house that's on fire. Just because you are told by this crazy man who just set his house on fire that you are free does not mean that the correct paperwork has been filed. Yeah, no one's going to actually like, accept that. No one's going to believe you that you're actually free and even if you are where are you supposed to go you do not have jobs and now you do not have a home and now there's not even land like i guess it's just the house like maybe the fields could be saved from this but like this is not a joyous occasion brad pitt is just so dramatic he sorry louis not brad pitt louis is no, so dramatic yeah, he just decides to start burning everything he has because he accidentally killed one chick like she he accidentally killed her and is now setting his house on fire. It's very overdramatic. I can laugh along with 95% of this movie. The portrayal of the enslaved people, I fucking hate. I want to just say that. I hate it. I feel like it, having him be a slave owner definitely undercut um, his whole struggle with humanity. And like, I can't yeah. kill a human. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I feel like it's one of those things. It just does not. It. I think I thought it was boring. Was written. This book was written in 1976. This movie was made in 1994. This concept of being a slave owner has not aged well. Mm -mm. Um, it, I it has also, not aged well. I will also say I'm just bored of this whole loss of humanity struggle thing that every vampire seems to go through. I think it's boring. Um, and I definitely think that it, when he made the choice to become a vampire as well, that's where I'm just like, you chose for him to like bring you back. And yeah, he didn't really sign at like spell everything out for you, but you chose this life knowing that you were going like something weird was happening. You fell for this MLM. Sorry about it, Louie. Get over it and feed. Stop be. You could have killed yourself in a much easier way. You chose this life. Now just shut up and eat your dinner. Like, I, I can't. I cannot. It is weird that he, like, has this moment where he's like, I want to die. I want to die. And then makes the choice to never die. Yeah. I want to die. Okay. I can kill you or I can, like, make you live forever. Ooh, live forever? That sounds exactly like what I want right now. Right. And I think part of it is that a lot of people think that they want to die until they reach the moment in which they're like, oh, wait. Now that it's real, I don't actually want to. The other thing I was going to say is that idea of, like, the eternal struggle of vampires and humanity and whatnot. I know that you're just seeing this movie for the first time, but I think that this movie is what a lot of other people copy with that struggle. Yes. No, and I was kind of noticing that as well. Um, 
And like the same way, I don't think The Matrix is a bad movie, but I don't particularly enjoy The Matrix because The Matrix is the blueprint, so everyone copied it. This has definitely been a blueprint for a lot of vampire movies and stories and tropes. And that's not a bad thing. I just don't like this movie. Um, and then we have, to go on with it, I think a huge reason why I didn't like this movie, let's introduce Kristen Dunst to the mix now. Oh, we have to do another quick talk. <laughs> oh, God. I'm trying to speed run this episode. I'm sure everyone's like, he's really moving through. Because I don't want to talk about it. I know you are, and I don't care. We're going to talk about the hilarity. So they end up somewhere. I don't remember where they go. They end up in this apartment, the two of them, and they have two ladies over. And Louis is brooding out on the balcony, and Lestat drinks one lady's blood, kills her. This other lady is fucking toasted. And he, like, goes... (laughs) The thing that fucking cracked me up so much. We have just the ultimate boob and corset shot because Lestat yeah. bites her underneath the boob, like right over the heart, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, ooh, this feels so good," and does not realize for another like minute that she is drenched in blood now. Yeah, and to me, I'm like, "Did that feel good, girl?" Like, that's what, what? I was. I, there have been a few times. Throughout this movie where it's like they're drinking blood and she seems into it to where I'm like, is this like I've done like I've donated plasma before where it's like they stick the needle in and then I feel like like, you know, I can't say it feels good necessarily. So I'm really confused as to what sensations these women are feeling. I don't listen. Pain play is a thing for some people. I don't think blood drawing is a common thing for people. I don't want to kink shame if there are people who are really into it. I'm just saying I don't really feel it. No, like, I get the it. Blood is le- I get what you're saying. Blood is going out. I don't really feel it. Um, they just seem. I mean, we could say the lightheadedness, like the you know, we could get to the. But like, I don't. I don't know. It's kind of like oh, like maybe you just think you're getting a hickey or something. Like, Maybe, but like also hickeys are not enjoyable to get. Anyways, the point that I wanted to make with the scene is that Lestat is truly insane because he's like, I could fix you him. Have- I don't want him, but I could fix him. I could get those temper tantrums under control. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Lestat is like, Louis, you have to be the one to kill her. And Louis's like, no, I won't do it. And Lestat, like, throws everything off the table. The table's actually a coffin. Shocking. Stuffs this girl in the coffin, sits on it for, like, two minutes, lets this girl out. She's, like, begging, please let me go. And he's like, no, I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't kill her. So Lestat kills her and is, like, so upset. The whole thing is so dramatic. And I'm like, just let the guy eat what he wants to eat. It took you a while. It'll take him a while. Like, why are you being this way? I don't. I don't know. Lestat just seems so crazy and manipulative and just kind of the perfect example of like an abusive boyfriend. I feel like he truly is. He is the most abusive boyfriend. And then it's like, why would you then even tell him he could like he could eat animals? Like have some rats, have some chickens. Like, don't tell him about girl dinner if you don't want him to have girl dinner. So 
Louis takes off and he's like wandering around and he's like, I hate everything. Yeah. And he finds this young girl who is hugging the arm of her dead mother who died by plague. Yes. And he feeds off this girl. Don't like he just went mm-hmm. through this. This is the thing that cracks me up about this fucking movie. He just went through this entire scene with this woman screaming and begging for her life not to be killed. And he was like, I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. And then not even an hour later is feeding on a child. He's <laughs> on a walk and is like, I could use a little snack, actually. Sees this girl crying over her dead mother and is like, oh, this is, sounds so good right now. Delicious. And then Lestat is just like there and is like, ha ha, caught you. Like you just killed a kid. <laughs> and so then he, he runs out. He upset. has even more of a dramatic event. And he goes into the sewers and he just like cuddles up into the sewer, eats some rats and is like, I'm going to stay here. And Lestat finds him again and is like, good news, buddy. Girl isn't dead. Do you want her to be a vampire? And there, he's like, oh my god, yes. Having a child will solve all of our problems. <laughs> it's so typical abusive relationship. Oh my Seriously. god. At this point in the movie, I did say, the note here is Joe Smith is the only reason I'm watching this far and I'm really tempted to just give up now. Because I do not refer to them as their right names. I call him Joe Smith instead of Joseph Smith. And that's the only reason he's the only reason I'm holding on. I almost turned off the movie so many times. We're not even a quarter of the way through it. I'm crying. <laughs> also, I want to say this is a two hour and ten minute movie. Like this is such a long movie. It is. And I I watched the whole thing. Okay, so but yeah. We they get introduced and then turn him into a vampire. Nine-year-old Kristen Dunst. This is Kristen Dunst. Is she been, nine in this? She's nine years old. Okay. Nine. So, Kristen Dunst, nine years old. She becomes a vampire. That fucking hair. The perfect ringlets. The way the CGI just like. <laughs> Damn girl, drop your hair routine. I need oh that my in my God. life. And then, okay, it's I swear so to God, funny. Brad Pitt in this movie looked like, like, right, like, during that shot, fucking looked like Bella in Twilight. I know, I know, Stephanie I know. Meyer, I see what you fucking did. Well, you got Renesmee, you got Joseph Smith over here, you got Bella. I see through you. It's so funny. It's so funny. Oh, um, after that, I said, I'm watching AI Twilight. This is Twilight AI. <laughs> if AI wrote Twilight, this is the, this is the 90s movie. Twilight. So uh, then we have like this montage of them going through the years, living as a family. It's like about 30 years goes by yes. of them living as this family. And two dads and a daughter. Two dads and a daughter. Then we Kirsten see the Dunst. cute little coffin scene that I've referenced earlier. Um, yeah weird thing she that they point out is that she sleeps in louis coffin every night but then one day she asks for her own coffin but she still wakes up early before everyone and goes and sneaks into his coffin to sleep with him for a few minutes yes like just a child it out there i feel like sure kids do that yeah 
I just want to make sure everyone hears that as we continue on. The relationship that is clearly set up is that this is like supposed to be a father-child relationship. That's what we're supposed to have. I know where you're leading with this. <laughs> yeah. So then they're walking along and Claudia, Kirsten Dunst, sees this fully naked woman. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about this movie. We we get more than boob. We get we naked. Get a, we get full frontal in this we one. We get full frontal twice. Yeah, we do. And she realizes that she's never going to be an adult. She's now, what, like 30, 40-ish years old, and she's still in a nine-year-old's body. Yes. She is never going to grow beyond this. So she throws a fucking fit. Temper tantrum meltdown in the middle of the street. In the middle of the street. I guess she's not in the middle of the street. She's at home drawing this lady obsessed with this woman girl i get it and um i think lestat comes in and is like hey here's another fucking doll happy birthday and she's like is it my birthday is this my birthday and i don't know if that was her being like you've never told me it's my birthday but you always give me a doll at this on the same day every year that's like what i was her, thinking like being like that genuinely or if she was being a little bit sarcastic like there's something you're not telling me I like, thought I that it was just that he never said it. Um, but it's like, oh, is it my birthday? And you got me another fucking doll? Thanks. Add it to the hundreds I have already. And he's Which like, he does. She has hundreds of dolls. It's fucking creepy. Hundreds of dolls. And some of them are worse for wear. Some of them are fine. And he's like, okay, so get rid of some. She goes, okay, I will. So she starts pulling a bunch of them up. off of this wall where there are hundreds of dolls and underneath is the decomposing body of this fucking woman that we saw earlier. Yeah. So it's and been a few like, from the original what the fuck? Yeah. They're She's like, pissed. what the fuck? You can't do this. She cuts off her hair. It immediately grows back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will just, I would just like to say this was my sucker punch part two. At this point, I, I was like, there's this has lost the plot. Now we have this weird adoption subplot where she's like, I can never grow up. And it's like, okay, well, you're eight. Like, what what the fuck? But also, I thought about if or eight or nine or whatever. I thought if I had to be eight forever, and I think I would do the same thing. Yeah. If it's like, yeah, you are eight forever. You will never grow up. You were going to stay the same age, and these two grown-ass men are going to coddle you and dote on you and give you fucking dolls every year. More dolls than you could ever fucking want. And you're eight years old forever. I think I would throw the same fit. Honestly, yeah. Straight up. Especially when one of them is insane and the other one's brooding. One of them's sad all the goddamn time. The other one's just fucking insane. But they both are crazy about you. Like, I will say, Lestat is like a parent... He's at least involved, which is more than we can say for some of the other dads that we've run into so far within our media. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's true. They are very much parents. So she finds out that she's essentially made from both of them because, like, Louis is the one who drained her and then Lestat is the one who, like, she fed on. So she finds out that she was made by both of them. Yeah. And she's upset. So then she has this weird conversation with Louie where she's like, we need to get free. And he's like, he'll never let us go. And she's like, 
we'll see what happens. Yeah. And she's like hanging off of him in a way that's a little inappropriate for a father-daughter relationship. She also calls him my love. Yep. And then with that, we realize that it's no longer a father-daughter relationship. Now, Adult here's the thing. Louis. Here's the th Go ahead. What's the thing? I, I think that it is a father-daughter relationship in his eyes. In his eyes. I think in her eyes, she's got feelings. What does that look for? They kiss. When do they kiss? They kiss throughout this movie. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. When do they kiss? They kiss, like, um, they, they definitely kiss. They, after the my love thing, I don't think they kiss, but they kiss, like, in, um, after they think they kill him, and it's like, oh, we're living at the top of the world, and she's wearing all these different dresses, and they're in Europe looking for the old vampires. They definitely kissed. I'm Googling this. Hold on. I swear to God, I watched them kiss, and I was like, what is happening? Uh, Kirsten was 12 in this movie. Okay. Oh, the scene, right? Yeah. So the scene when they're in France. Yeah. They're in Paris. I forgot about that. Yeah. They just kiss. I, again, though she is the one initiating this, I will stand by because this is the second time that I've seen this. Okay. I, I personally think he referred, because in the scene that, he talks with Armand. Armand is like, that's your, like, beloved. And he's like, no, it's my daughter. Like, he consistently refers to her as daughter. That does not stop them from kissing. Like, okay, cool. She initiated. Father! That was supposed to be a father-daughter relationship. You mean to tell me that this little girl is looking at her I'm just saying. But again, technically, she is not a little girl. Technically, she's 40 years old. Yeah, in an anime, they have the 12-year-old girl body, and it's actually a 3,000-year-old demon lady. I know these games. I watch plenty of anime. That does not mean that I don't find it fucking weird. You can find it weird. I'm just saying, from my perspective, I thought... But again, I could be wrong. I could be illusioned here. I could be completely off my rocker. Going back to this. So she then is like, hey, Lestat... I brought you some boys. They're drunk on brandy wine. I want to make it up to you from our big argument. So he goes and drinks on one. Turns out they're dead and she poisoned them with absinthe. Right? Is that what she uh... Um, No, it's like something else because it needs to keep the bodies warm because as a vampire, you can't drink dead human blood or you'll yeah. die. So she essentially poisoned him. So she poisons him and then slits his throat. For good measure. For good measure. And then they dump him in the swamp. Yes. And then right as they're trying to leave for Europe, he comes back and he's all swamp man. And he's like, fuck you guys. They set him on fire. They run and they barely make it to the ship in time. Yes. And then they go to Europe and they go all over Europe searching for other people like them. Yes. And then one night, we meet one of my favorite characters ever, Antonio Banderas with long, long hair, long, the longest hair, locks. long flowing locks. I fucking, I must say the costuming. Mwah. 
Oh, amazing costuming in this movie. Stunning. So he's like, wow, there's actually other vampires like us. So they're like, oh, the vampires are a theater troupe and they put on plays. So they go to this play and it's not actually a play. It's just vampires feeding and people think it's a play. And this is the second moment when we get my note is literally titties. Nope. Naked. <laughs> yep. Because we see earthing. And then. Yeah. They go down into this crypt underneath this theater afterwards to meet these other vampires. I must say, the dress that Kirsten Dunst is wearing in that scene, that, like, purple-blue, like, shimmery dress, I couldn't look at anything else. I was obsessed with it. No, here's amazing costuming. Um, I also do think that they did a really good job with changing the way that she dressed after mm -hmm. they killed Lestat because it very clearly yes. showed she did not want to be seen as a little girl she wanted to be an adult woman and she yes. did dress in the adult woman fashions she'd had her hair done like them it was very clear that she was not eight years old yes. she was she is an adult no one sees her as an adult though I'm just saying no because she's in the body of a 12 year old yeah oh it's just so, so. this movie like, that's camp. It's, like, a little bit camp. Like, what an old woman she is on the inside. Little bit camp. Yes. Um, having... I think this movie tries to be camp, but is slightly too overdramatic and takes itself slightly too seriously. I think the thing is, it's camp now. At the time, it's just dramatic. They just wanted the drama. Because most of this movie is, I mean, the entirety of this movie is Louis complaining about how hard his life is. Meanwhile, he has zero responsibilities anywhere and just endless money and does nothing, just whines. And then we get um, the next vampire. I don't even, what's his name? What's Antonio Banderas' na vampire name? Armand. Armand. Then we enter Armand, who has a whole theater troupe to kill who people. Who is somehow more dramatic then Louis and Lestat combined. He, oh my God, this man. He is like, I'm going to put on a play every night so people can watch me eat. Like the reverse so iPad kid. I need funny. everyone's eyes on me as I feed. Ridiculous. Then they get into a fight about like morals and ethics and like being immortal and whatever. I literally have first rule of being For a what? vampire is you have to be dramatic. Yeah. This is where the movie kind of loses me slightly because I'm like, we're dragging here slightly. And this is also the moment where I said, I'll keep watching the movie, but I'm done taking notes and I have no more notes. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Let me pull uh, this out. Is, this is the point in which I was just listing what was happening so that we could like get through it. So, um, <laughs> I don't think you can read it. <laughs> I say, I'll be so honest. I'm watching, but I'm not taking any more movies. Any notes. I'm not taking notes anymore. This movie is killing me in the bad way. And then I stopped. Okay, so let me... So the interaction between Armand and Louis. So gay, again. Like, everyone wants Louis. Seriously, so everyone super wants Super gay. Louis. Kristen Dunst. Carolyn. Carolyn? Claudia. Claudia. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst's character is insane as well. I think she's gone insane at this point because she is 
screaming at Louis, like, you have to make me a new companion. You have to make me a new mother if you're going to leave me to go be with Armand. We also learn in this moment. why I think it's supposed to be a romantic relationship. She's saying, if you're going to leave me, you need to make me a new companion. Like, she's acting as if she's getting broken up with. Yeah. But I guess I thought it was one-sided because of him telling Armand she's my daughter. But maybe I am incorrect with that. I'll be so honest. I thought when she first had, like, that grown woman, I thought that she brought him the girl to, like, have sex with. I thought so, too. Like, so, like, I can't give you that. Like, the entire thing, I was like, is she going to, like, watch him and this woman and like they're gonna pretend that it's supposed to be grown-up claudia what is happening it's not that weird (laughs) it wasn't nearly as weird as i thought it was but the movie really primed me for something worse yeah so he turns this woman into a vampire and as she is being turned into a vampire the coven of theater people show up and they're like we're gonna punish you and so to back up slightly, the reason why they're going to be punished is because, one, there's a rule you cannot turn a child into a vampire because they do not have the mental withstanding to make an accurate decision about this. So the fact that Louis turned Claudia yeah. means that he needs to be punished. Two, you cannot kill another vampire. That's the other rule, which Claudia did when she killed Lestat. So yes. we assume that he's dead. So they're like, time to time to die. And this poor woman who just got turned into a vampire gets pulled along with her. She's simply there. Like, yeah, she gets pulled along. So Louis gets put in a box upside down. He gets put in a coffin upside down and bricked into a wall. And Claudia and this other woman are put into a well, essentially. Like, it's a a hole in the ground that opens up at the top with a cage at the top where the sun can come through. An exact copy of this is in season one of What We Do in the Shadows. shadows. Yeah. So, Claudia and this woman die at this point. Claudia's dead. Which I will say, this, this woman only agreed to turn into a vampire because she lost her daughter who looks almost identical to Claudia. We know it's not her real mom, but that is why Claudia, like, got this woman, is that's what she wants, is to be able to replace her daughter. And, like, Mm -hmm. it's, that's, like, almost sad to me. That's an interesting story. That, that's the story that this story should have been about. And Anyone, but who is it about? Anyone but this. So, she dies. Armand rescues Louis. Because Armand's got a boner for Louis. Yes. But Louis, who doesn't at this point? Everyone's in love with Louis at this point. Everyone is in love with Louis. So Louis discovers that Claudia's dead. And he and Armand's like, not here, not now. Like, get your revenge, but get it later. So he comes back later when everyone's asleep. And he sets that entire theater on fire. And murders all of the vampires. Yeah. Except for Armand. And there's some brutality here. Some people get sliced and diced. There's an entire character we haven't talked about up until this point. This weird, like, henchman, mime, actor person. Eh. Eh. So he goes outside and he's like, ah, shit. 
sunlight. I'm going to die. And this carriage pulls up and Armand's inside. And he's like, Louis, get in. And Louis dives in through the back. And so then they go, oh, my God, we didn't even talk about the fact that Louis has a young boy, a young human that he just keeps around to feed off of. We didn't even talk about that moment. We didn't have time. Here's the thing. I don't want to talk about this movie longer than we have to. So I'm not (laughs) pausing us to talk about how crazy a lot of this shit is. I'm just like, yep, let's go. Yeah, he had a Capri Sun child. Let's go. Come on. Next thing, next thing. I didn't even talk about the dogs that died in the beginning because I was like, I'm not bringing us back. I'm not going to stop <laughs> us to talk about this more. So <laughs> hated this movie. I, it cracks me up because I love this movie in an this is horrible way. Like, this is horrible and I love it. This so, is what I wanted Sucker Punch to be is like, oh, I hate it. It's a bad movie. But like, it's a fun, bad movie. And this one, I'm just like, I hated it. There was not a way for me to watch it on two times speed. I checked. so armand has this like young boy that he keeps around to feed off of and i'm assume also help get him victims this is the boy that's like driving this carriage so they get in this carriage and then they go to this like art gallery and they're walking through and armand is like i can teach you to like to not feel this guilt i can do all these things i can do what lestat can't because i think we've also collected that he's the one who made lestat yes so he made Lestat and he's like, oh, I can see why Lestat loved you. Like, I know his type, which makes me think that they were former Ex-lovers. lovers. lovers Ex-lovers, because this is so gay and there's a triangle. So he's like, hey, I, I, can, I can show you the world. Shining, shimmering splendor. <laughs> Maybe a copyright stricken struck (laughs) so they have this moment in this art gallery where he's like hey armand i get that you're like got the hots for me you killed my daughter like i know that you had a say in this but he says this while holding this man's face not even an inch away from his lips like they are Breathing each other's air, about to fucking make out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why are you so upset by this? I. Why did there have to be this Claudia subplot? We could have just taken Claudia, that weird little subplot, that le- weird little like l- incestuous love thing she had for Louis, and would have been fine if it was truly just platonic. It would have been great. It wasn't, and you have like Armand right there, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go back to my sad boy lonely life instead of just like i can forgive you we all have bad days it was just a case of the mondays Amand. i can't make li- daughter case of the mondays <laughs> you are insane i i'm just saying between the 12 year old and armand a adult consenting adult there is clearly the better choice. Well, it's not like he's choosing between the lovers. I think what it is is it's like you killed this person that was important to me in a daughter way. I know that you did this. I and and I think the other part of it is he's like I don't want what you like you want me to give up this humanity and this feelings that I have and I don't want to do that. Fuck you. Like I think there's a second part of it. 
Like they were never, they were going to be twin flames. They were going to move in too quickly, move too fast. The same thing he did with Lestat. He's never going to learn from his mistakes. He would have made a second vampire daughter had he stayed with Armand. I'm just saying, I think he should have stayed with Armand. Go on with this play by play. So you think he should have stayed with Armand. That's fine. A little Um, bit. So he then goes back to New Orleans, where he was originally from. It's now a full city. We have this little montage of the time that passes, and we see, you know, movies get made for the first time in black and white, and then in color, and he sees these, you know, like these things that he hasn't seen in such a long time, like sunrises and stuff. He's wandering around New Orleans, and who does he find? His his toxic ex-boyfriend, Lestat toxic ex-boyfriend this is such a moment of like toxic ex-boyfriend like this is i'm i'm just imagining lestat i like to think that he was like maybe in the same theater when he saw the first like train sunrise movie whatever it was and was like oh i'm gonna give him some time with movies he's gonna fucking love movies he's gonna be a little cinephile and then he's just gonna wait for the perfect moment like okay and oh you just watched star wars he's gonna fucking love star wars i'm gonna jump into his life again now <laughs> right when he's like swimming with that the homoeroticism between han solo and luke skywalker that's when i'm gonna make my move and get louie back but could he even move around at that point Lestat? yeah like he was like stuck mm-hmm. in a chair wasn't he? i don't know i don't have any notes so, like, that's the thing is, like, I think Lestat has been, like, super weak this whole time. Like, he has not been feeding off of people. He's just been... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't <laughs> you fucking laughing. I really got myself with the... I have no idea what happens next. I have no notes. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So... <laughs> So he has this whole conversation because, like, Lestat doesn't even know what fake light is. He's like, it's fake light. It won't hurt you. That's right. He has been a little bit of a feral gremlin. Yeah. So he finds Lestat in this abandoned house. He comes up to him and he's like, hey, buddy, it's me. And he's like, wow, you're as beautiful as the day I last saw you. And he's like, oh, you mean the day when I set you on fire? (laughs) So. And which, like, also throughout this, there's, like, little moments where he's like, I think we did wrong by Lestat like over and over and I'm like that's the Stockholm syndrome that is that's the toxic ex-boyfriend speaking buddy so he goes in there there's this hell okay this is the other thing this helicopter is so low it's literally at second story level in this house yeah why is this helicopter so low and so close to this house (laughs) what are they looking for What are they looking for? I don't think that's safe to have a helicopter hovering that low either. Because there's trees and stuff around. Like, that has to have been very dangerous. Super dangerous. It fucking cracked me up. So, he's like, it's fake light. It won't hurt you. And he's like, are you going to stay with me? And he's like, no, I'm not. Goodbye. Goodbye, Lestat. I don't know where you are anymore but goodbye so he like says goodbye to him Lestat is super weak at this point has been living off of rats from what we could see has been living off of rats is like not eating people for some reason we don't know why probably be revealed in the book 
And then Louis takes off and ends up in San Francisco in the 90s. And that's where he's like, that's it. That's the end of this story, Mr. Reporter. And the reporter's like, no, it's not. Now it's time to make me a vampire. And Louis's like, did you not hear anything that I just fucking said? You imbecile. And Christian Slater's like, I don't care. Make me a vampire forever, please. And he's like, no, fuck you. And he like books, he like chokes this man on the ceiling, throws him down and is gone. And then Christian Slater picks up all his shit and he's like, time to go. So he piles into his car, his convertible, which I just want to say, if you're crossing the Golden Gate Bridge in a convertible, driving that fast, which first of all, unrealistic because there's always so much traffic on that bridge. There's no way you're driving that fast across that bridge. Second of all, you have a convertible and you're listening to a tape in a convertible. Do you know how windy it gets in convertibles on a bridge in San Francisco yeah, over no a bay? Way. There's Excuse no way he would have been able there's to hear no that. There's no way. There's no way. So he like puts this tape in and he's like, man, this is such a great story. And then from the backseat pops up fucking Lestat. And he's like, ah, you want to be a vampire, do ya? Did I'll I hear someone say choice. vampire? <laughs> I'll give you a choice. And so this car is like swerving. He like drinks his blood, pulls him into the passenger seat. The car is swerving everywhere. Lestat takes over and starts driving the car, which I just want to say, how the fuck does this man know how to drive a car? Like... The last we would have seen him would have been like probably twenty years ago or something in San Francisco, or in New in Orleans. New Orleans. So he learned, yeah, he could have learned how to drive a car. There's also the possibility that Louis was lying about where he left Lestat. True, because that is the other thing is we could potentially this entire movie could be based off of an unreliable narrator. Yeah, there's no because way because this to entire really story is based off of Louis, and we do not know for sure if this is a reliable narrator or not. We have no idea where he left Lestat. We also because the it's implied that Lestat had been eating animals until this point when he drinks the reporter's blood because he says, "I feel better than I felt in years." But if he got the strength to get all the way from New Orleans to San Francisco, he had to have fed on people that whole time. He's still wearing his old style clothing. He sits down in this, like, front, like, driving this car that he somehow knows how to drive. And that's how it ends, is now he's got a new pet to turn into a vampire. And it's the reporter. Yep. And then we have, I think, an original song of by Guns N' Roses for this movie. It has the credits. And Kersey probably didn't even listen to it because I'm pretty sure she turned it off before the last scene even ended. Um, I think I saw credits start to roll and I was like, thank God. And then I did turn it off. I did not stay <laughs> through the credits. <laughs> I bailed as soon as I could where I'm like, at least I can say, yeah, I remember that scene or talk about it. There's no notes. But. Oh, God, I suffered through. I tried my best. <laughs> this movie is fascinating to me because it's so dramatic in a way that does not need to be dramatic it's like if a shakespeare play was in a movie amped up times 10 with yeah. the drama it truly it, is we did not even announce what our theme is <laughs> for the next like few episodes <sighs> our theme for the next few episodes is going to be 
Vampires. I'll say classic vampires because we we started off with Interview with a Vampire. I'd say that's a very iconic one. People love this movie for some reason. Um, (laughs) We are then um, the week after next week, we are going to be doing What They Do in the Shadows, the original film with Taika Waititi in it. And I'm so excited. I love that movie so much. And then we're going to do Van Helsig. So overall thoughts of this movie did you like it? I couldn't tell. <laughs> I'm so glad we're done talking about it. Never, I never so have to think about it funny. again. <laughs> I'm shocked yeah. that you hated this movie so much. Did not like it. That kind of surprises me. Um, I in my notes, I didn't really talk about it. I there was a whole section where I was just like, "Why did I choose this movie?" I did this to myself. I decided that this is a movie that we should watch. And then I pushed for it. And for what? Well. The shortest episode we've ever done. That's for what. I decided <laughs> well, to give you a break, right apparently. The longest episode we've ever yeah. done. <laughs> I was like, uh, the longest episode's pretty bad. I'll give Margo a treat and not talk that much. <laughs> yeah. In the sense that you just go, I don't care. I don't care. I hate it. I don't care. I have nothing to add. I'm not a willing participant in this conversation. <laughs> I'm here, but against my will. Oh, that's so funny. No, that's why I texted you last night. Like, have you watched the movie? And I was like, I could I could see if it's, it's I can change it. I can change this movie. <laughs> and then I chickened Is out. So I'm like, no, really it's gonna be kind of funny. Yeah. It's so funny. Because so that's funnier funny. than I hate it so much. <laughs> so I made an executive decision for good content. So people better like this episode. So how do I want to end this one? I don't really have anything. I did not like this movie. I I think I loved your hating this movie more than I loved this movie. But I do have an appreciation for this movie. I try to be, if I'm not going to like it, I at least try to be funny not liking it so it's still enjoyable because just hating things isn't fun and boy was it enjoyable (laughs) (laughs) and so next we are going to do more vampire movies hopefully you don't hate them as much um here's the thing i know i'm gonna love at least one of them (laughs) love shadows so cannot wait to do that i love tico i haven't uh, seen that i haven't seen that movie so that'll be my first time watching that it's like funny that most mm-hmm. of the movies, only one of us has seen them so far. No, I'll be very honest. I do use this podcast as an excuse to watch movies that people like that are well-known movies that I probably should have seen before this moment in my life. But that's just the reason I really started this podcast is so I had a reason to watch a ton of movies. Honestly, same. And read a ton of books and watch TV shows and things like that. So yeah. I... We're having fun I here. Can- completely get it we have Um, fun here yeah speaking of fun tell us about the social medias that people can follow us at we are posting clips you can perceive us you can see what we look like when we record episodes and you can find those clips at eternal slumber party pod on instagram and threads you can also email us at eternal slumber party podcast at gmail.com if you want to be the sweetest little people ever and leave us a five-star rating and a review on whatever podcast app you are listening to us on, you'll be our favorites. 
and tune in next week for hopefully less hating. <laughs> I will match the same energy, but with positivity because I love Taika Waititi <laughs> so much. If you like us, then send us to your best friend. If you hate us as much as I hated this movie, send us to your worst enemy. <laughs> Have a great fish day or not. The choice as always is yours. I came into this recording with an energy that I wanted to burn it all down like Louis in his house. <laughs> and I think I've done it. This is the shortest <laughs> podcast we've done. <laughs> I've never seen you so angry at a piece of media before. You know.